Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast Morning Edition. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Good morning, Internet. Dave. I'm in morning. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing, even though it's the morning. I guess some things can be good. Craig, start us off. I mean, it could be a good day. You don't know. There's no such thing as a good morning, Craig. (laughs) We haven't had enough of the day yet to know if it's good or not. (laughs) Dude, all the days blend together for me now. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it's for us recording right now, it is the holiday season. So, uh, you know, when, whenever you happen to, to celebrate. And this year, I have a movie, which I probably mentioned last year as well. But you know what? What the heck? I watched it again. It has Neil Patrick Harris. It is called 8-Bit Christmas. You can watch it on, I think, ne- wait, uh, Netflix? Hold on, I'll look it up while I talk. Anyway, it's it's my generation's Christmas story. Uh, the wife and I were talking about doing like a Christmas Eve, Christmas Day movie marathon because we're not going anywhere. And we were trying to put together like a list of things to watch and I forgot about that. So that's going to be added to the list. Thank you, Craig. It's, it's really good. So yeah, Neil Patrick Harris is, is the main character. He's telling the story to his daughter about how he got his first Nintendo and his parents, of course, don't know what Nintendo what it is, and then of course when they find out it's a video game system, they're all against it. So it's his trials and tribulations to, you know, try to get a hold of a Nintendo, and it's good, guys. It's it's surprisingly heartwarming. Um, Craig, yeah. If if my mom had to say, Nintendo would be all video games. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's Ninten- called Eight Bit Christmas. It's the one that they understand is video game. Yeah. Eight, Atari eight is Nintendo. Christ- 8-Bit Christmas. You can watch it on HBO if you have the HBO subscription. Um, or you could just, I guess, buy it or something. I don't know. But, yeah. <laughs> I know how Mike's going to get it. Oh, uh, we're we're borrowing an HBO Max login. Mm. There you go. So. so so that's covered. Although, HBO Max is not so much a good thing lately. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're not doing not so much good things. We are doing good <laughs> things. Dave, I think you're next. Oh, yeah. My good thing this week is uh, I just discovered at my brother's house, which I'm at right now. So shout out to Dan and his computer that I couldn't figure out how to get both monitors on. Uh, my family is a good thing, but my actual official good thing this week is a graphic novel series called Cat Kid Comic Club by Dav Pilkey, <laughs> the uh, creator of Captain Underpants and Dogman. Um, it's about a robot fish, I think, who has like a million kids that are all frogs, and they go to learn how to draw comic books at this comic book club run by a cat kid and a tadpole named Molly. Uh, <laughs> that didn't make any sense. The plot doesn't make sense either, so don't worry about it. Um, it's it's a little lowbrow at times, but it is very cute and funny. Uh, there's a part where Melvin has to draw a comic of his sister Naomi, and he draws her with like this giant mouth, 
And then you just see her looking at the cover of the comic. And she's like, why did you draw my mouth so big? And her mouth is as big as, like, as she's yelling at him, her mouth is as big as it is in his comic. <laughs> so that's really funny. It also teaches kids stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of little mini art lessons strewn throughout. There's one on three-point perspective. There's one on, like, how to write your name in block letters. And then there's one that's, like, uh, one of the one of the Kit and Naomi, actually, her comic series that she makes for the club is called Underwear Wolves. And so she's teaching all the kids in the class how to draw a werewolf using only simple shapes. She teaches you how to take complicated-looking things and break it down into shapes that all really just look like letters. So the kids are like, oh, we don't know how to draw. Like, well, nonsense. You can all, you all just wrote your names. You know how to draw letters. So, you know, just break it down into different pieces, which is cool. And there's also, like, a comic book with a bunch of cool haikus in it. And, you know. So some of the humor is a little lowbrow, like uh, Chubbs McSpider pants. <laughs> or no, Chubbs McSpider butt. I'm sorry. Chubbs McSpider butt. Um, but, you know, it does. it is educational enough. <laughs> And it is cute, so uh, it was really fun to read this week. I also recommend Dev Pilkey, uh, the um, his other series, Dogman. Uh, Phantom and I have read that, or had it read what to you, us many man? times. Um, <laughs> no, um, so uh, Phantom is a certified therapy dog, which means that we visit schools and hospitals uh, and, you know, for to bring comfort mm. through dogs. and um, But we also do it at the library. So little kids come and practice reading out loud to a dog in order to enhance their oral fluency. And um, for some reason, I don't know why, but kids really like to read books about <laughs> dogs to dogs. <laughs> so we'll show up and this kid will be like, so here's a book about a dog. I thought <laughs> the dog would like it. And so we we have had the Dogman series read to us many times over, uh, always bits and pieces of it and out of order, but we've had the whole thing just over our years doing this. And uh, my favorite part of Dogman is that they have a robot named ADHD, like the number 80 mm -hmm. and then HD. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I giggle at that every time and the kids don't seem to get the joke. Also, fun fact, uh, Dev Pilkey used to work for my library system, cool. the Tulsa City County Library System. Um, I don't know when that was. It was before I got there. But uh, people are always telling me, <laughs> oh, you know, he used to work here. And I'm like, oh, okay. Good to know. Uh, all right. Haunted. Yeah. It's ghosts. My good thing this week is ghosts. No. Uh, my good thing this week is tomorrow. I get to meet one of my favorite streamers, uh, Frost he's Product. Not that great. Uh, so, <laughs> no, he's he's fantastic. He used to be a Super Metroid World Record holder in an obscure category, which was great. Um, yeah. Uh, here lately, he mostly just does um, crossword puzzles. Although someone did gift him a game about solving Thanks, boat crimes that he played through it in was, three days. It was actually less than 24 hours. That was that was a I lot of fun to watch. Friday night and finished Saturday afternoon. And yeah, boat crime game game was very fun to watch. Uh, but I get to meet him in person tomorrow when we go to see a an improv comedy Dungeons and Dragons. I'm really confused <laughs> by what this is. It wasn't suggested by me, but. I guess we'll find out when we get uh, there what what actually how I it all works. Mike and his wife. 
Oh, yeah. I've are you also going to be there? Cross product for a while. <laughs> He's such an enigma, you know. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that's that's my good thing is doing a lot of stuff yeah. tomorrow, but it'll be fun meeting people. Oh, and also, uh, Dan. Gonna meet Wait, Dan, one of our one of our very too? favorite listeners on the. Oh man! Yeah, it's great. There's a whole meet and greet segment with. I think he's gonna sign some stuff. I'll sign your Super Metroid cartridge. I mean, or cross product. Some... My yeah. I'll. I'll I should bring some too. stuff for cross product to sign. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll sign a crossword puzzle for you. Oh man! I should buy a New York Times on Sunday. I should. I should arrange to buy Sunday. a copy of the New York Times on Sunday. I know, but the the crossword's bigger, that'll, isn't it? That'll make the autograph more valuable. Yeah, actually, is the the Sunday crossword bigger? Okay, so then so then there you go. I'll I'll have cross product, crossword streamer, cross product sign a New York Times Good crossword. Luck with that, I heard he charges five hundred dollars for his yeah. signature. <laughs> it's okay. I know his brother. Um, yeah. All right, that's my good thing, Tori. I think you're up. Oh well, sure. Um, so. I watched a creepy TV show uh, the other week. It's called The Terror, and you can find it on Hulu. It's the story of uh, the Franklin Expedition looking for the Northwest Passage, um, which historically, uh, you know, was never heard from again. Um, And this show um, posits a reason why the expedition failed and it's not just because uh sailing through icy waters is treacherous there was something spooky going on something spooky and supernatural and um possibly a possessed demonic polar bear (laughs) but it was um i think it was eight maybe maybe ten episodes and uh had some Big names in it. Uh, Sierra Hines plays uh, Captain Franklin, and um, Jared Harris uh, is the main character, Captain Crozier, because um, there were two ships, the Terror and the Erebus, sailing together. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, just the perfect mix of um, spooky and realistic. I thought. There's a season two uh, for, because the original plan was that they were going to have different historical fiction creepy things for every season, um, but season two happened right before COVID, and I, I don't think they're ever going to get back to it. Season two was about um, several Japanese families uh, going through the internment camps uh, during World War II, and it wasn't as good as season one. Um because season one was like, oh, is it something supernatural or is it just um, a bad luck? Whereas so good season two good. was like, oh, no, it's supernatural. It's supernatural <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Hey, on the on the subject of uh, demonically possessed bear. Uh, yeah. Have you guys all seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear? Because you should. Uh... Oh, no. I will. I will for sure look that up. That sounds... That sounds fun. So, so what so, is this show called, Tori? That you... the the terror. And how how do you watch it? On Hulu. Okay. With with do your eyeballs, Craig. Version? Thank you, thank you, Mike. I'll make sure I <laughs> maybe do that. I don't know that, but if you guys haven't tried the uh, descriptive audio for the blind on any of your shows, I highly recommend that. That's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So sounds like we're done with good yep. thing. See you later. Uh, what do we do next? Spoiler time. Uh, no, first, 
First, Dave needs to talk about some stuff. Nah, that doesn't sound right. I think we end the podcast, then we do spoiler podcast. time. Mm, well, I mean... This is what yeah, we, happens when we're Mike recording has to tomorrow. Wake up in the don't morning, you remember, guys. Mike? We do we do Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> this is a practice session. Well, no, no. this week we're going to do a Monday. That's true. Yep, this coming Monday is Coloss Head Munching Day, where we will go over the state of the Sanderson and live react to that. Not really live because we'll be recording it, but Mike's going to upload that like that day. Yeah. yeah so this I'm, is going to be very confusing for people listening to this episode in the future. Hey, so two months ago, uh, you got <laughs> a Head Munching Day episode, and I had to record that and then edit it and then post it. Hey, that will actually be my first time actually editing with everybody recording on their own. So oh that's going to be extra fun trying to get that out the same night. I may not see my wife that day. day. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and no. you'll get to meet Cross Product. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a positive. But Dave said he's going to be there too, him. and I don't know about that. Yeah, I can see how that would put a damper on the whole situation. What, sirs? All right, let's do chapters. Oh, cha. Chapters, Dave. All right. How about chapters? Chapters, Dave through Dave. Through the rest of this of, week's chapters. Of, of Rhythm of War. Dave of Dave Dokey. by Dave Dave. Through the whole rest of the book. By Daveden Sander Dave. Chapter 40. In for all. Oh, no. Where's Sabario? The enemy took the library? Nerds. The waffle. Ninth colon division infantry. There is one shard blade left. Except there isn't because Nightblood went on the excursion. The sibling doesn't know if Navani is worse than the fuse. Lady of pains. Highly invested otheums might still work. Adhesion still works. The sibling has a secret defense but needs a lot of stormlight. Alright, I think Craig read the first of this week's chapter. There is? I like how they're suddenly Wayne at the very end of this chapter. Uh, or, uh, yeah. I mean, that right. sounds like how Wayne talks. Okay. All right. So, Sabario, nope. in answer to your question, is at the Shattered Plains right now. If you remember, Navani sent him no, out there. I don't there remember. Because she. You, you disagree that he's there? Okay. Uh, Navani had a conversation with him, and it's like, I, I basically, I trust you to run it, and he tried to get advice about his... Oh, yeah, because um, he wants to... His lady problems. His lady Bologna, problems, yeah. But uh, so anyway, yeah, the, the enemy has... To, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah that's she keeps saying She keeps saying no and declining because he, he doesn't take anything seriously. No. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah, only... Uh, only Royale. one of the the high lords oh, is, is left Oriole. in the tower. Wait. Um, who knows where? Captured somewhere. Royan. Um, Royale is an Elantris character. Yeah. The best Ro- one. Royan. Kyine. Kyine's the birthmark guy, right? No, it's Kyine. I'm pretty sure. Is that a rapper? No, maybe maybe the... it's K Ice. Could it be K Ice? It might be K Ice. No, that that's Kyine's no. daughter who she... is very smart. Remember, she has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know all those very important characters and memorable characters what from Elantra. Anyway, that we'll definitely um, follow up. So with yeah, so people. but Royale is dead. Royale. So this Ro- is not <laughs> guys. Don't listen to Dave. He definitely remembers all the very minor characters from a book that he read five years ago. <laughs> Once. So this is a Davani perspective. She's essentially acting as general right now with uh just the people that she has with her and there's not a lot because most of the 
um, experienced military members are out with Dalinar. So it's it's sort of those that were injured or it's my just turn the, to go the, on a life changing. I don't want to say lower Dalinar. end, but they're, they're the the greenhorn of the group. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the enemy fused have taken over the pillar, which of course has all their gemstones. The character's name is the waffle. Essentially also their library. So that's unfortunate. I don't know why you said the waffle. North. Oh, sure. Um, there was one person that had a shard blade. This this is not a. I think he had a radiant. It was just he has a shard blade. But even he was captured by the fuse because somehow, for some reason, the fuse knew where to find him. So do you do not have a shard blade? And of course, the the Seth that's in prison was a uh, light weaving, so they don't even have Zeth in his night blood. Um, so that's unfortunate. And Navani is also trying to talk to the sibling at this point through the the garnet, and he's not sure he trusts the humans more than the fused. I mean, the fused are actively trying to do something to him, so he doesn't like that. But also the humans stink because they keep cutting Sprint and stuff in half. That ain't cool. So the sibling doesn't know if he should trust Navani, but like what choice does he have? Uh, Lady of Pains is... Hold on, hold on. I have to channel Tori telling me how to pronounce this correctly. You better say it. Say it uh, right. For, for those who aren't here to see us on video, uh, Tori is making like psychic gesture motions toward Craig. I'm going to say it wrong. It's It's got to be wrong. Is it... Raboniel? Raboniel. Rab- Raboniel. See, that's what I wanted to say, but I'm like, no, that's wrong. Yeah. Raboniel. Oh. Raboniel. <laughs> At least he so got all of the syllables the right. He just emphasized the wrong one. No. Wait, what? Say it again? No. You got to stress on the bone. Raboniel. 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 Oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Raboniel. You, you stresses on the right. Stresses on the, the bow. Got it. Okay. Uh, Raboniel. No. Craig. You got to put your stress on the bone. On the bone. On the bow. You put too much bone. Rabboneal. Yeah. yeah, anyway, she's the lady of paints. You might need a cat. Yeah, um, lift with your legs, not with your back. Bone. Stress on the bone. <laughs> now, all of the all of the radiants have been knocked out for the most part, and she was asking the sibling if, you know, if there's anything that can be done. And the sibling mentions that only those that are highly invested or perhaps have sworn more ideals, they wouldn't be knocked out. Um, you know, we've, we've seen this already because Kaladin hasn't been knocked out. Um, did Kaladin reach the fourth he did No. He was close but, to it, though. Yeah, he's really close. Um, mm-hmm. Teft is just barely knocked out. Like, he's still almost conscious. Teft is, like, at the beginning of the third ideal. He just swore to third ideal. Kaladin's at the end of the third ideal. Yeah, so basically everyone with a shard blade should be at Teft's level, right? Mostly, yeah, but keep in mind, Kaladin has been at third level two books. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, all the edge dancers and stuff, maybe they don't have blades yet. So what you're saying, Craig, is that Kaladin needs to pour lead down an anthill. I don't understand that reference. He, he needs more XP Where to level up. an Alimantic. Oh, Okay. That's a munchkin card. He needs more XP to level up. Oil and anthill. Ants are, in aggregate, probably not worth any any experience, but they're worth a small portion of an experience point. Therefore, if you destroy an entire ant colony, you will have killed enough ants to aggregate to a single experience point. Learn how to min max with Mike on this week's podcast. Oh, it's a munchkin card. Boil an anthill, gain a level. So yeah, anyway, but it's a Munchkin card based on based on like 
D&D forum nonsense. My favorite uh, level up Munchkin card is Invoke Obscure Rule. <laughs> so anyway, um, also Adhesion, that Surge apparently should still work. Although he, he calls it something different. It's like the Which? the Surge of Bindings and Surge oaths. of Honor. Yeah, honors singular surge or something. Honors truest so surge. Actually makes truest sense surge, because basically Rebonial reversed the polarity. This this uh, pillar is supposed to suppress the fused, right? So Rebonial reverses the polarity so that it affects the radiance instead of the fused. So it makes sense that this pillar would not be designed to suppress adhesion, right? Because right. because of its purpose. The fuse don't have access to adhesion, so mm-hmm. why well, suppress that surge? So, um, and then, and then we, he, the sibling wants a lot of of stormlight, and he says there's a secret defense. So, end of chapter. What needs a lot of stormlight? Yeah, surprise. Okay, can we talk about adhesion? Because I have some thoughts on adhesion. What do you sure. want to talk Let's about? Let's hear them. Okay, I don't think adhesion is honor's truest surge. I think that's nonsense that was developed out of the fact that for some reason that no one actually understands uh the the fused don't have a an adhesion fused well it's because odium likes the number nine but my point is that they are ascribing uh an explanation to this based on the fact that they just don't have this but but what I think is actually going on is no one actually knows why they don't have an adhesion fused, and so they just made some assumptions and ran with it, and it became propaganda over time. Yeah, which we've seen. Maybe Odium just had to pick one power to leave out, and he thought that was the. I mean, he's one. not wrong. I, 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 I disagree. I think he is wrong. But he's saying that sticking it, sticking a chair to a wall <laughs> is not okay. How we've seen it. Sticking of the lopen to a How wall? we've seen it used might be weaker, but keep in mind this is physical connection. That's what the surge is. It's yeah, a physically can, connecting things. A lopen can stick himself to a wall. But what can you do with adhesion that you can't do with gravitation? What I'm sorry, what have we seen people do with adhesion that they could not do with gravitation? Stick a lopen to a wall. <laughs> but you could just I mean, you could just lash him. Yeah, but if your lash is just a heavy sense of gravity in a certain direction. Lash him in the direction. Whereas... Yeah, you just lash him him directionally towards the wall. So here's the thing. Gravity is sort of weak in general. Keep in mind, we can stand upright. However, on a whole, gravity is the reason we have space and planets and everything. Okay. Normal Earth gravity allows you to stand upright, but if you... If you doubled Earth's gravity, I don't think you'd have that easy of a time standing. Well, then you'd have a a cool way to train if you're a Saiyan. The point I'm getting at is that adhesion itself is much stronger at sticking things together. That uses it's it's much more investiture efficient to get the same thing. I think I understand what Craig's saying, and what Craig (laughs) is saying is. If you're tasked with lopen babysitting duty, oh it's way easier to do it <laughs> if you stick him to a wall, and then you can go off and do stuff, and you know that he's stuck to that wall. If you just give him gravity toward the wall, he'll move around, and then you don't know where the lopen is, and then you have failed at lopen babysitting duty because he's having he can still crawl along the because wall. the lopen is then having a whole baby's day out situation. And we've seen that movie. I- but I think to Craig's point, you know, it just it takes more stormlight to use gravitation in the same way. It would be like uh, 
It would be like casting a level 9 wish spell to cast Cure Light Wounds. Yeah, exactly. That, okay, that but is the only analogy that's valid. Well, the, th- the thing we're overlooking here is that the singers don't have a, a, a the Lopen. So they don't need adhesion because they don't have one that they need to stick to a wall. Yeah, you better believe as soon as a lopen is born to them, they will develop that surge. Oh, so yeah, what you're saying absolutely. is okay. So adhesion is not necessarily of honor. They just don't have it because they don't have as great a need for it. Correct. And they never have in ten thousand years of being trapped in a genie bottle. I don't know where I was going with ten thousand years, but so what do you think is the most honor honorous surge? There isn't one. You- yeah, I don't think it makes sense. There isn't one. To, to, so this, but, I mean, honor's whole deal is people sticking to their oaths, right? Yeah. So it's it it's adhesion in a way. I, I think it makes sense for them to classify it as honor's surge because it is connection oriented, which is a very much an honor thing. But I, it's not like he developed this one. I I think I mentioned to you last week that essentially the surges are mimicking what we see in the honor blades and the honor blades were based on whatever magic happened to exist, the surges that existed on uh, Ashen. So it's it's just there's a path that all of these abilities have followed, and now we're on Roshar, and we have the 10 surge. Although the Fuse only get nine of them because that's what Odium decided to do. And I would like to point out that if there is a surge that is the most honorary, there also should be a surge that is the most cultivation-y, and that equally should be cut off from the Fused. But it isn't. Right. So all of this all of this is just propaganda that developed over time because the fused didn't have this one because I guess Odium said, nah, we're skipping glue. Although it feels like Odium is much more anti honor than he is anti cultivation. So I mean it's you're sort just saying like- you you could just as easily say that Odium is anti devotion and dominion more than anti cultivation <laughs> just because he hasn't gotten there yet. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of the surges and what's happening now, maybe, maybe that's. I, I Wait, don't did know Odium, Odium shatter Devation and Dominion? He was involved. And Autonomy? Was she involved? No. he. Autonomy may have been involved. We don't know. Probably. They work together a lot. They don't not work together. Interesting. But ambition would be another thing that Odium would be opposed to more than cultivation, theoretically. Well, apparently all the Surge were anti-ambition because of how dangerous it could become. Yeah, I mean... Whoever picked up that shard, it's like, oh, sucks for you. You drew the short straw, I guess we have to kill you first. Maybe that's why Hoy didn't want a shard, because he was afraid of getting stuck with ambition. Depends on how the shards were even given out in the first place. What's so bad about yeah, being like, ambition? Did, did they know what the intent was before they picked up the shards? Or was it like, oh, here's a shard of a god that we just killed. Let's take those. And then like later the intents became manifest. Do we know that? We don't know that. Are, are we talking like a Final Fantasy V, we shattered the crystal, and now we pick it up, and then we find out what jobs we get? That, mm-hmm. Yeah, are okay. they all question mark, question mark to them, or do we know the name of the job, and then we like, oh, right. this chart is this job? Or are we that stuck would be, with... That would explain why later they were like, hang on, one of those is ambition? We don't want that. Are, are we then stuck with, you know, four, four berserkers? Because nobody likes that. That's, that's just a bad way to play the game good for afk strats although on on final fantasy 3 i really like that cave where you all have to be dragoons that was lots of fun <laughs> i remember that what uh what's so bad about being ambition 
It's just, it, it, you're a target. Everyone thinks that you're a threat because you'll want to. I, I guess they assumed that Ambition's intent would be to take over the whole entire Cosmere. So it's sort of like you get 15 other shards against one at that point because you happen to have so the Ambition So it's like shard. playing hearts and not... being the guy with the low score on everyone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I wonder what Ambition's magic system would have been like. I mean, we can look on Threnody to get a small idea. Silver. I wonder if Ambition was actually being a warmongering threat or if someone just, you know, convinced all the other shards oh, that that was the case. Oh, the convincing like, shard. You know, made a passionate the, argument. Is there a persuasion shard? Passionate argument. Maybe the last shard is persuasion. <laughs> There's a passionate There's a, shard. There's a whimsy shard. I bet whimsy is actually the true villain of the whole Cosmere. Wouldn't that be the best <laughs> thing? <laughs> is this an Alice book now? All right, chapter 41, if there are no objections. Okay, the most dangerous. Pursuer gonna pursue. Honor is dead, but tradition inherited all his stuff. Rabonio thinks the inventions are cool. Eternal war. Give the humans a sword and they will impale themselves, especially if that sword is nightblood. Next scene, Navani and Trefoil do the hero stuff. Final scene, Brandon Sandwich... <laughs> I meant to move that around so I thought <laughs> that was funny. So I wrote it down and I was gonna move it around so that I said, Oh, this is Rhythm of War by Brandon Sandwich. <laughs> it doesn't actually have anything to do with this chapter. <laughs> Sorry guy. Uh Kaladin pretends to be a surgeon. Alright, Mike, your turn. Pursuer gonna pursue. Uh yeah, so while Teofil, who, guys, Teofil gets two chapters in this whole book, and he's a hero. Yeah. And then really dies. Is. Yeah, Heroically. but before he dies, he is the best character in two chapters. Yeah, he's so good that Navani mistakenly calls him uh, Bright Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more out of just habit of officer equals Bright Lord, Bright Lord equals officer. But yeah, this this is one of the dark eyes that uh, Dalinar has uh, promoted by merit rather than by light or by eye color, and and yeah, he's this guy rules. Just just straight up, this guy absolutely rules. I wish he were in more cap more chapters, but unfortunately, he did. Anywho, um, we get a scene of the humans trying to advance down to the pillar room. Uh, and they're doing a really, really good job. They've figured out how to counter the um, storm, the, the lightning guys, the lightning guys. Uh, they've figured out how to counter the deepest ones who stick arms out through walls uh, and grab people, and they're spooky, and ah! They figured out how to counter that. But what they haven't figured out how to counter, because they haven't run into them yet, except they just did, is the pursuer, who teleports in the middle of them and kills everyone. And then does it again, and then does it again, and then goes away and has to recharge, and then gets to do it three more times because that's his whole deal. Pursuer OP, please. Ner yeah, transportation surge uh, for combat purposes is Nightcrawler going Bamf, and yeah, really, really powerful. Take notes, Yasna. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, pursuer just completely undercuts the entire advance. Um. Honor is dead, but tradition inherited all his stuff. I'm not, I'm not remember. I read all this like late at night 
and did not retain yeah, so most of it. What's what tradition pursue, are we talking about? The tradition of pursuer killing. Oh, it, right, know, getting right. revenge on the person who killed him. So Raboniel's like, yeah. Uh, oh, is it Raboniel? She's like, uh, it's not very honorable of you to go kill Stormblessed while he doesn't have powers and he's completely weakened. And he's like, uh, Venly. Venly, oh, Venly cool. actually like got all up in his grill for that. I'm I'm legitimately surprised that he didn't kill her because the pursuer is not. He's not quite at the sitting in the corner and babbling to himself stage, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's close. He doesn't want to get on Leshwi's bad side. Uh, eh. I feel like he already is on Leshwi's bad side. <laughs> Everyone's on Leshwi's bad side. Well, because everybody is pursuing this war in the stupidest way possible, according to her. Everybody is dumb except for Leshwi, according to Leshwi. See, I was thinking well, he it? didn't want to get on Raboniel's bad side, and Venley currently works for Raboniel. I mean, yeah. also that no one wants to get on Raboniel's bad side, because... Uh, so I know that Dave and Craig are not well-versed in Wheel of Time, but I see a lot of Wheel of Time in, in this segment. Uh, Raboniel is giving me um, Semerhog yeah. vibes, I guess. yeah. So, Semerhog is one of the Forsaken from the Wheel of Time, who is famous for uh, torturing people to death. A thing that all of the Forsaken are famous for, she's extra famous for that. Yeah, because she does it in kind of a mad scientist way, rather than a, you know, for kicks. Yeah. So um, what you're saying is, she reminds you of a mad scientist. I'm, I'm saying she reminds me of this specific mad scientist from Wheel of Time, uh who everyone, including the other Forsaken, were terrified of because of a thing that they all did, but she did it a lot more. Uh, anyway, back to back to thing. Raboniel thinks inventions are cool. She does. She's she's very into like the all the all the cool new stuff that the humans have figured out in since the since the last desolation. Wait, is this the last desolation? Guys, help the me out with my desolation. The one before this one that was the last one until this one happened, except there was also a false, false one in between. Yeah. Uh. So this one is called the True Desolation. The okay. previous one was called the False Desolation, and the one before that is called the Last Desolation. Okay, is that so clear? This, this is a Final <laughs> Fantasy naming convention where there's 17 of them, but they're all named Final. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, they the False Desolation isn't their fault. That's that one was unknown. It wasn't unexpected. Anyway, Raboniel is super into the the whole human invention thing. Um, she's like she's marveling at you know they they built a flying ship, except that they built a flying ship using pretty basic science that was known at the time. They just didn't think to like forty five hundred years ago. They knew they had some fabrial science, like they had figured some of this stuff out. They just hadn't thought to apply it in these new ways. And I'm, I think I'm now getting into, like, the Navani section of her thoughts on that. But yeah. anyway, Raboniel is, is into all the cool new human tech. Uh, and she's also, as we've seen with, uh, with Leshwi, she is disdainful of the rest of the, of the singers in the Fused. Because they're like, well, our way has worked for, for this war for thousands of years. And it will work this way forever. And meanwhile, the humans are flying around on jetpacks with laser swords. I had jet pizza this week. Nice. Uh, Eternal War. feel like I just touched on that. Uh, give the humans a sword and they will impale themselves, especially if that sword is Nightblood. Uh, I think this bullet point is reminding us that Nightblood likes to impale things. 
especially if they're evil. Well, someone, this was the line, I think, from Rabonio. Give the humans a sword and they will impale themselves, something. I forget why she said that. But it made me think of Nightblood specifically because he's a sword that makes you want to impale yourself. Only because, if you're evil. Because humans are inherently self-destructive and if given the opportunity, will get in their own way, except they've had 4,500 years of opportunity and they've gotten in their own way a bunch of times. But also, they've been able to develop technology and civilization and society and spread across the world and build these giant cities and build up their population. And yeah, without without constant apocalypses, uh, humans actually do pretty well over time. Man, that just makes too much sense. Yeah, we're all right. Navani and Trefoil do the hero stuff. So, so you said it what already. happens here? Trefoil's a yeah. toilet bowl. Is... He, he is a heel. Toilet bowl, really? Come on, Dave. Put a little bit of respect on his name. I think the waffle is pretty close to the the waffle. Yeah, Mr. Waffle Man. That's where the waffle came from. I was like, I'm just going to let that slide. Uh, Anyway, he gets killed. Uh, Meanwhile, Navani has decided to switch tactics on the advice of of the, the sibling. So... We're getting into a secret room, and we're pumping Stormlight into a secret thing, which will do a secret thing. Give the sibling secret yeah. walls. Because you gotta do secret stuff. Sometimes. You in fact do gotta do secret and stuff if sometimes. And you're Marsh, you gotta do secret stuff sometimes. True. Uh, Brandon Sandwich. Uh, there is talk of food. I don't think Kaladin ever actually gets around to eating anything in this in this segment, but they talk about it. And then Kaladin pretends to be a surgeon. Uh, let's see. He gets into so some singer troops that are like guarding the hallway are like they get all up in his grill because he's going from room to room to check on people. And Kaladin is like, "Come at me, bro! I'm a surgeon." And so bro comes at him, tries to punch him. Kaladin blocks it, and he's like, "I'm a battlefield surgeon, baby." And <laughs> You ever heard of a guy that can play an anhill? I w- Oh, I want those words to be in the book. I mean, hey, anybody willing to do art? That's a t-shirt idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kaladin decides to back off instead of pushing it further. Lets the guy push him down. End of chapter. Chapter forty-two. Armor and teeth. There's an eye in High Storm. Uh, tuning fork. So I think there's, is there a high storm now, or are they just talking about, uh, or like the eye of the storm that they thought was Navani thought was a myth that there was like a calm part in the center of the storm. I I believe we're at the metaphorical eye of the storm as far as the uh, invasion of Urthiru goes. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's kind of like a. But for tuning kind of forks. Like a myth but probably also real, because that's how real storms often work. For the tuning fork section, we should go to Craig, because he likes to talk about this stuff. Go for it, Craig. I need context. I didn't read this chapter. The tuning uh, fork, how they used to siphon stormlight from one gem to another. Yeah. The, the Thalens devised the method of using a tuning fork to initiate So Navani um, had some visiting scholars from Thalena that were there to hear her lectures that we got in the um, 
the chapter headings of part one. And um, she was like, okay, I need you guys to join me here right away. And so they're like, oh, we're being evacuated. So they come and they bring all of their expensive equipment. And then she's like, we need to fill this gym with Stormlight right now. And they're like, oh, I see. You wanted our trade secrets. And she's like, the world is literally on fire. So um, now's not the time to have trade secrets. But Tori, Tori, for a beautiful moment, stock prices were up by half a point. (laughs) 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 Ah, Thalen. Yeah. Um, So the... um, they're like, oh, fine. We use tuning forks. That's how we. That's how we uh, transfer the stormlight from one gym to another. Sounds neat. Yeah. All right, All right Craig, take it away. <laughs> Not taking anything. You're the scientist. I don't know how it works. Okay, but you like talking about how like rhythms and and sound and rhythms vibration and, and all of that. Cymatics and symbolics. How symbols are symbolic. Craig, you have literally got hours and hours of recorded stuff of you talking about this very subject. Take it away. <laughs> well, I'm glad I have that, because then you could just listen to that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, but you are right now, Dave. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it works. It's, it's cool. There's rhythms and stuff. I know how a siphon works. I- I'll be honest, there's nothing I want to say in non-spoiler time about this, because I don't know what Dave knows, and I don't want to... All right, then in about half an hour, Craig, take it away. Uh, But until then, uh, let's continue. Dave, you have more bullet points. Yeah, Relaine is (laughs) preoccupied. Yeah, that is is top-tier wordplay, sir. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Top-tier wordplay. Relaine is preoccupied. I'm not laughing. But I appreciated it. Everyone dies except me. Uh, Sulfrena said that, but I'm pretty sure Kaladin has said that. Weird Al Yankovic has said that. So uh, Albuquerque. He had his tray table up and a seat in the full upright position. And then everybody died, except for him. I've never heard that song. It's like ten and a half minutes long, and it's designed to be as annoying as possible. And it's wonderful. <laughs> and now All right, so... I have to look it up and post it in good things. Kaladin goes to see Relaine... Or he runs into him or something. I don't remember how he ended up talking to Relaine. And he's like, Relaine, you can hide away with the humans. And Relaine's like, nah, fam. They don't trust me. They'll rat me out. And then I'll get executed by the singers. The best I can do is pretend that I was still in dull form. Or not dull form, but parchment form. Slightly different, I think. Uh, Work form, I think, is the default. No, work form is above dull form. Yeah. Post Everstorm, that would be the default. But he's like, I think, going to pretend that he like got lost or something, or somehow didn't get awoken from being a parchment, or uh, some. He's going to make up some excuse and try to go to the listener side and, or is it sorry, the singer side and be a a spy. I can't wait for him to run into Vinley. She'll learn that she's not the last listener, or maybe she'll be. He'll be the la- She'll be the last listener and. Relaine will be the penultimate listener. I don't know. Don't die, Relaine. All right. And so Frenna's like kind of acting sad. And I'm like, it's finally happening. Kaladin's bad attitude is rubbing off on our best girl. No. And he's like, she's like, uh, sorry, I can't be chipper all the time. Ha ha. Just kidding. I'm really in a good mood, Kaladin. Ha ha. And, you know, uh,. Maybe the corruption of the tower is affecting her in some way. I don't know. Next scene. 
siphoning sequence. Moash is here. I already knew that, but I forgot to mention it before. And Ribonial had stopped. So here we have the siphoning of the sapphires into the defense mechanism that the sibling told them to go to. And the sibling warns Nivani and Co. that uh, Moash has been the one letting them into the Oath Gates using the Honor Blade. And then suddenly Ribonial stopped attacking or fighting or something. Maybe she stopped because like they finished killing everyone in the stairwell. Uh, I want to say they stopped because the humans like advanced far enough that she had to like shift her focus to deal with that for a second. Uh, don't remember. And then the pursuer shows up and like wrecks shop. Okay, death stairs, and that yeah, that's what happens in the stairs. A lot of I think this is actually when Nivani and Co come to the stairs and see all the corpses. Or no? Oh no, not yet. Okay, there's a lot of montaging. Couldn't remember what was from what perspective. All right, so maybe this is when like the decisive victorying happened for the singers in the stairwell. All right, next scene. They filled and broke the sapphire thingy. Time to surrender. So they got the defense mechanism working for Erythru, which means that Rabonial should not be able to fully corrupt the sibling, at least not easily. And they're hoping that that will buy them time to hole up until Dalinar and the other Radiants return. They were unable to reverse the effects of the pillar corruption, uh, but maybe they can figure out a way to do that while they wait. But for now, they're going to go surrender because they know that the Singers don't uh, indiscriminately kill everybody. They either execute high-ranking officials or kill people that try to resist them. So Navani doesn't know what they're going to end up doing with her but she surrenders, sends out the official order. Next scene. The Stormlight guarding Erythru is like posting guards in front of a secret meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Queen Navani is captured and useful. So Rabonio is like, oh, there's suddenly this huge Stormlight barrier protecting the tower. Well, now I know that something important is here and that I don't want to kill Navani or destroy the tower, right? And she goes through, like, she goes through, like, all of Navani's notes, and she's, like, really impressed. And Raboniel actually starts talking directly to Queen Navani because she hasn't yet stripped Navani of her queenship. So uh, she doesn't use Venli to translate for, for a little bit. And uh, she's going through the notes, and, you know, that's, Navani's taken a lot of notes. There's probably a ton of paper here. So it, she's just kind of showing off her her strength but, as a But fuse. Dave, a ton of paper would only be a few sheets. Yeah, at least a ton of paper. <laughs> but, you know, Rabonio's just showing off her strength by moving all this paper around like it's nothing. Maybe she has pewter. She's a fused. Maybe she has fused pewter. You mean zinc? I mean, wait, pewter is an alloy already. <laughs> and not zinc. Tin. Tin is the, is the element. Alright, yeah, and then finally, Colin, you're hired! So, Raboniel officially strips Navani of her queenhood and says, you know, you can work for me as an engineer. I hear you're a really good engineer and you're respected by the community and I could use you. And Navani's like, you think I'm gonna invent stuff for the enemy? And then Raboniel's like, oh, and that's the end of the chapter. No, Raboniel... <laughs> 
Rabonia was like, hey, I'm going to list several exact ways in which you could spy on me. Uh, that now that I've listed them, you'll know I'll be looking out for, but you could still, if you're good enough, if you're good enough, you could do it. And you could get more out of me than I got out of you, if you're good enough. And Navani's all like, I don't know, man. This seems like a trap. I'm going to go ask my trap people if they think it's a trap, and then I'll get back to you on the trap. Yeah, that's right. She doesn't officially take the position by the end of this chapter, but put forth there. All right. I have a thing to the time to surrender bullet point. Go on. I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Oathgate's transferring to Shadesmar. Thalen's jumping off the top of an aquatic great shell. The Lopen. All of that gone like tears in the weeping. Time to surrender. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Tori got it, but I feel like Dave and Craig aren't there yet. <sighs> that was fabulous. So, Dave and Craig, there's this movie called Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. I've heard of that. I watched watched Blade Runner exactly once, maybe 20 years ago. Okay, well, Rutger Hauer's character throughout that movie uh, shows up, says unsettling things, and then leaves, sometimes after killing people. Uh, That is the last thing he says at the, like, right at the end of the movie, before he dies. And it's like this super, er, what I said is not that, but... He did. He has his whole, this talk whole about the about Lopen. Wait, he hasn't seen the Lopen. No, he has not seen the Lopen. But yeah, no, it's okay. I'm killing it now because I'm explaining Just it. Edit this part. Sometimes out. explaining the joke is funnier than the joke, but no, this this one isn't. All right. Rutger Hauer's character says something beautiful, and then it ends with "time to die." And Mike just turned it around so that Navani was saying "time to surrender," and it was a good parody. I'll say. Uh, anyway, you can hear us talk about uh, Blade Runner if you become a patron, because we did Blade Runner as one of our patron things. How does I wasn't in that. How episode. does one become a patron? It was a really fun episode. It, yeah, we had we had a guest who is a buddy of mine from another Discord who really really liked uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I agreed with him because it's a better movie. And Denis Villeneuve, who they argued with me about how to pronounce his name, and I still don't think I'm wrong. Is that the one with Harrison Ford? Uh, okay. Yeah. So Both of them have I Harrison Ford, yes. I saw the director's cut that didn't have any of the narration, and it was part of a cinema studies class where I usually ignored the movie and played on my Game Boy. So that's my experience with that movie. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good experience with that movie. <laughs> I think I was playing <laughs> Oracle of Seasons. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you wanted to become a patron and listen to me and Tori and Hurin Fan talk about Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, uh, you could go to patreon.com slash CosmereCast and you can give us money. And if you want to join the Discord, you can go to patreon.com slash CosmereCast and you can choose whether or not to give us money and you still get to join the Discord. And you should do that because that's the best way to yell at me about doing stuff wrong. It's also the best way to tell Craig and Tori that they're doing a great job, and it's a, also the best way to tell me and Craig and Tori that Dave is right, but without telling Dave, because we aren't allowed to tell Dave that he's right because huh? he doesn't know yet. <laughs> and if you want to join in on our live recordings, uh, we're now doing them on camera so you can see our very pretty faces and me. <laughs> and Craig is trying to hide his very pretty his very pretty morning face. All right. Uh, chapter 43? 
Chapter 43, Men and Monsters. 20 Hours of Surgeoning. Can Exhaustion Spren attract Exhaustion Spren? Kaladin wants to fight, but Liren wants him to be a good slave like me. So, was Liren a slave? He was captured. He was a prisoner. Kaladin no, thinks he... that Liren is a slave because he's, he's just one of them sheeple, you know? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, passion is nothing without a plan. Journey before destination or something like that. I think that's what Liren was getting at. Kaladin would have sat quietly, but they came to take his teft away. Stabby scalpel. Stat. The regal dies under mysterious <laughs> circumstances. Wait, hold on. Time out. Time out. Are we changing... Are, is Kaladin now going to be called Mysterious Circumstances? Because I, <laughs> we are we are like well we are so many names deep on this dude. Has he like, moved on from from High Marshal Stormface, no, 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 action therapist Gagadin to Mysterious Circumstances? Dreamy Mysterious Circumstances. Dreamy okay. Mysterious Bright Lord Stance Circus. Well, it's a good thing Dave didn't capitalize Mysterious Circumstances, so it's not actually a proper name. And I'm pretty sure Kaladin was actually. I mean, he, I'm pretty he sure could edit Kaladin right was now. actually under the regal, right? No, mysterious circumstances was under the regal. Come on. <laughs> no, but it says the regal dies under mysterious circumstances. But the regal was on so, top. Well, so, in the top so you I have think. to fix it. You have to say over mysterious circumstances. Uh, Although, hold on. The, the Regal didn't die until well after the stabbing, so at that point, Mysterious Circumstances was over the Regal, and therefore the Regal was under Mysterious Circumstances. Okay, so so he the Regal got stabbed over Mysterious Circumstances, but then eventually bled out and died under Mysterious Circumstances. Exactly. There is actually a point that Kaladin makes about how long it takes for him to bleed out, so... I mean, Mysterious Circumstances makes the point that... etc. Uh, okay. Uh, Lear and Pissed, Endo Part 2. Tori hasn't done one yet. <laughs> we each get one chapter this week. Sure. Um, so, Kaladin is, uh, hanging Who? out. Uh, mysterious Circumstances. He's not Mysterious Circumstances yet. Um, okay. He's, he's been, uh... Trying to keep his head down and just do the surgeon thing and not letting the enemy know that he is awake and moving around. Um, he's he's tired. He hasn't slept. Um, and uh, he wants to go out there and like try to save people because he's got that hero complex. But his dad's like, no, 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 just just keep stay under the radar. And um, but. And oh, and while they're treating, they they have a couple of radiants in the in the clinic that are um, unconscious. And uh, Kaladin's like, oh, well, Teft seems more awake than this other guy. And I I know that Teft is further along in his radiant uh, oaths journey than um, this other guy. So I wonder if there's a connection. Like maybe that's why I'm still up and moving around. But it's not connection. It's just investiture. Right. Yeah, no, not capital connection, but like No, no, no. I think it is a, a capital C connection. <laughs> Whatever. But He doesn't say it with a capital. Anyway, C. as he's thinking about that, uh the um the Regals come knocking on the door and and they're like um and Kaladin's like, "Oh, it's they're after me. It's fight time." And Lyrian's like, "No, no, no. Just hide in the closet. And we'll sort this out." 
And it turns out they're not there looking for Kaladin. They're there looking for the unconscious radiance, and they're going to take them away. And um, Lyran and uh-huh. Hasina are like, oh, no, we can take care of them here because these are sick people, and they require treatment. If you take them away, they could die. And the Regals are like, you think we care if they're going to die? <laughs> and um, and so they take away, is it a, what was it, a stone ward? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, they take they take one of the unconscious radiance away, but then when they come back for Teft, Kaladin's like, "Uh, no," and he gets out of the closet and he's like, uh, "We're gonna have to fight this out." And so, uh, one of the Regals runs away. I think. Uh, no, it it just stays there, kind of frozen. The Regal just stands there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he fights one of them and ends up killing that one. Uh. And so that one dies under mysterious circumstances. And then the other one... Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, the regal... There's a regal and a war form. He fights the regal uh, and yeah, the yeah, war yeah. form is just standing there watching. Yeah. And and uh, mysterious circumstances is like, oh, that one has battle shock. And then he feels kind of bad for it. And he's like, why don't you just go away? And uh, so then that one runs off. And... Uh, mysterious circumstances uh picks up his teft and he tries to apologize to Liren, but Liren's all traumatized and and like you you killed people in my clinic which is supposed to be for saving people and he's, only he's... i kill people in my clinic through botched <laughs> surgery right and he's very upset about it and uh yeah this is the first time we really see Liren lose it i think Yes, he completely and loses he's it. He's characteristically very good at not losing it. Yeah. So, mysterious circumstances just kind of sighs and is like, okay, and he leaves. And that's the end of part two. And he's like, Dad, I'm not a monster. I saved that one guy. I spared that one guy. Yeah, I think what yep. Liren's problem is that it's one thing to understand that your kid was involved and was fighting, and it's another to actually see him do it. Yeah, so, like, Liren is, he, he says, you murdered that guy. And Kaladin's like, that's not murder. That's This is a different, like, yeah, I killed him, but it's not murder. Um, I agree with Kaladin that it wasn't murder. Like, this this is active wartime. They are they are actively invasion, invading. Yeah, this is, this is state, this is state, state sanctioned. This is not illegal. Uh, ethics are a completely separate question. Uh, so I looked it up, and the capital of connection is Hartford. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you murdered him. No, capital he tried to murder C me connected. first. Well, no. Kaladin was the aggressor here, as far as, like, actually enacting violence. But it well, was he was doing did- it to, save, uh, to prevent a kidnapping. No, he but came in and I, he was like, how about you guys just leave and then nobody has to die and then they didn't just leave. So was he the aggressor? Hmm. Well, okay. He was the aggressor in this room. He was not the aggressor in the tower. They are the aggressors in the tower. So from, again, from a legal perspective, this is state sanctioned. This is fine. He hasn't gotten like official word of the surrender yet. It's self-defense. Oh, wait, no, he did. He did. Get, never mind. This is illegal. It is murder. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's he. Yes, he heard about the surrender. And that's why he was keeping his head down and not fighting. Mm-hmm. Look, it's up to the prosecution to prove that. But no, like he heard about the official surrender already. This is this is this is no longer state sanctioned. This is murder. What he would did. legal eagle think of this? It's open and shut because he 
there are witnesses to him. There are multiple witnesses to him hearing, hearing about the surrender, including the person who told him about the surrender. This is, yeah, no. Kaladin, Kaladin is guilty of murder here, guys. No, no. Mysterious circumstances. Kaladin is Kaladin guilty, is guilty mysterious of mysterious circumstances. circumstances. Yes, same brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, I also just wanted to point out that Illyrian is going through this speech about how, like, you know, uh, son, you can't just go in guns blazing. And then Kaladin's like, what's a gun? And then he's like, haven't you ever read the Wax and Wayne series? Uh... You know that guy Wit. You can ask him. But then also there was like a uh, Chris or Nas rather had a gun with runes on it. And then Callan's like, oh yeah, okay, I guess I do know what a gun is. It's like a little mini cannon, right? And then he says, but you know, you always lacked passion, Dad. And Lyran says, oh no, I have passion and I have a brain. But you know, they work in tandem. And Callan's like. My brain's broken. I don't trust my brain, so I have to follow my passion. And then Laren says, uh, you can't just have passion without a plan that does that accomplishes nothing. And I'm just kind of like, it seems like a journey before destination type of thing that, uh, you know, you can't just, it's like, yes, I want to follow my heart, but yeah, if and- you don't have a plan, then you're just kind of like trying to jump to the conclusion without understanding the steps of getting from point a to point b well and i also like that uh in during this conversation when kaladin's like no my brain is broken i can't trust my brain and liren's like you can trust my brain and (laughs) it's such a like that's so true when you're depressed and all of the advice is like well you need to take care of yourself and you need to exercise and you need to do all of these things drink water touch grass it's like yeah. Meditate. If you and, get up early enough, you can touch water and grass at the same time. <laughs> and it's so hard. Like, yes, it, it's so hard to follow the common wisdom when your brain is broken. It, to to trust someone else's brain, as it were. And I mean, the Skybreakers already figured this one out. Like, they they don't trust their own brains as an organization. They don't trust their own brains. So they're like, all right, we're gonna trust politicians. That has never backfired. <laughs> And it is continuing to not backfire at this very moment. Yeah, yeah. Established established laws written by politicians. We're going to follow that instead of our own untrustworthy brains. Uh, I think that's I think an that's episode. Everything? Yeah, that feels episode-y. Except that we're also going to do probably some spoiler time. Oh, I yeah, guess. you need to talk about Tongs. Tongfa? Have a great oh, day, everybody. <laughs> is that Bye, what Dave. you think is going to happen? Bye, Dave. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Dave's gone. Play... The thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay. Uh, Craig, I assume you have some stuff. I always have stuff. So you always have if stuff. If you actually do want to talk about the tones, uh, I was only kidding before. Um, I, I, I wanted you to talk about it then to Dave. Who I don't want to hasn't talk to heard Dave you... about it because it's sort of a major story point of what we're well, going to discover. Don't talk about like mixing it's Stormlight hard. and Voidlight to make Warlight. Don't talk about Tower Light or Life. Like, don't talk about other lights, but you could you could have talked about like your basic theories of of, you know, investiture works on works on tones and rhythms and music and beats and 
Beats by Dre and so Bose headphones. I th- I think this is best uh, that we don't talk about it in non-spoiler time because this is the sort of thing we want Dave to theorize on. We want him to learn about the different tones and sort of figure out what the heck that means. Um, I feel like if Dave was going to latch onto this, he would have by now. Yeah, well, I I didn't exactly know how to say it and try to parse what I'm saying to make sure I don't spoil anything. So it's safer. We spoiler time it. Um, I did have to quickly review about Stormlight and what's happening to scene because I I didn't fully remember how they're using the, the tuning forks, but... What is actually happening, so just just to recap here, Investiture has a certain frequency of light that it tends to get off. Like, each form of Investiture from a particular shard has a different characteristic of the visible light that is present. Stormlight, given that it's from Honor, tends to have more blue than any other light that it gives off. Cultivation tends to give off more green. Um, I believe Odium is, is more in the red spectrum, if not infrared. Uh, nope. So, didn't you post? Well, yeah, corrupt, corrupted investiture tends to be red. I just, yeah, posted something about that. Where to brand it? But no, Odium has void light, which is which is like black light, dark it's black. But I thought when they actually studied it, it, they found out it was infrared. It was giving off light in the infrared spectrum. I believe it looks black to us because we can't see it. But correct me if I'm wrong about. I don't know enough about this to correct anyone about anything, Craig. Okay. So anyway, uh, so yeah, each of the light tends to have a different spectrum. Light itself, uh, just Cosmere, well, I mean, in real life as well, it just has a general, like, white light itself. If you put it through a prism, you pretty much see the whole entire rainbow um, without if an you, emphasis. If you put it through a prism, you get a dark, you get a Pink Floyd album, or you get, or you get Eevees, uh, depending on, you know, which, which art you want to use, which so, t-shirt. So each light, uh, each capital L light, each type of investor, gives off a certain emphasis on a spectrum, uh, on the spectrum. So we have that. Now we can also use sound waves to actually be able to transfer investiture between different gems with the Thalen method. Essentially, what they're doing is they're making the gem, which container, vibrate at a frequency that matches uh, what the, the the actual light. So so this is the weird part. Uh, I am not a physicist, as you could probably tell. I'm a programmer, so please come to our Discord and correct me, especially if you know physics, because I want to know the details of this better. This is based on my understanding, which is very limited, so I do want to clarify that. But from what I gather is happening, they're making the gem, the container vibrate at a certain that is matching the same. So I'm, I'm trying to remember. Frequency, I think, is the, the repeated pattern. Frequency, wavelength. So the wavelengths would be different because sound and light are different, but you can have the same frequency. I believe that's that's the case. So yes, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember frequency and amplitude and, and wavelength right now. It's going poorly. I, I don't but, think any of the any of this terminology actually matters because their tuning forks are already like a tuning fork is just one one tone. It's a note. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tone. So yeah. these are these are already configured. Yes. Like, they are built to do this job. It's so, built for, if they discovered whatever would work for Stormlight, that's what the tuning fork works. Right. So, yes. smack tuning fork, make, make sound, hold against gem, well, no, no, drag no, that's, to that's other gem. Wanna, that's why I want to clarify. They're making the gems vibrate. They're using the tun- tuning fork to get the vibration, and then it's transferring it to the container. That is what's actually transferring it, because it's 
vibrating at the same frequency as the light itself, and it's able to draw up between the two gems. That's what I wanted they, to clarify. Thus, they don't have to use the Alethi method, which sucks, of take small infused gemstones and hold them against large uninfused gemstones to transfer stormlight very, very slowly. So I think Coppermine uh, has, a, has a pretty good summary of this. This is under the lights chapter, which is just talking about stormlight in general. But the Alethi method is a pressure differential. It's saying like it, you're, you're essentially taking something from high pressure and pushing into something of low pressure. There's a lot of empty space, so it's easy to push light into that direction. So very much like how we have our air uh, and gas. It's, it's just essentially how it works. And they're treating light as a gas in that. Whereas the Thalen method is using vibrations, which would be the actual frequency of light and sound in this case, to transfer between two objects, which is much faster uh, because you're transferring at, at the speed of sound, uh, which is much faster than just pushing air and gas. Perfect. Anyway, maybe Dave could have known some of this. He'll listen to this eventually. After this is all stuff that Dave can definitely learn aside from us talking about life like light said, and tower light and war light. I didn't the lights wanna... that he doesn't know about. I didn't want to monitor my speech and make sure I, I didn't want to like say anything accidentally because I know this this is a major plot of the book as we discover that the different tones have a different frequency um, attached to them and discovering what that is and how to actually counteract that in the case of the anti-void light and anti-light that will be created by the end of the book. Um, and of course, combining them as well, because we have to make tower light to get the sibling up. And we also establish in this book that different sources of investiture can be combined under very, very specific circumstances. We also establish in this book that if you don't do it under the right circumstances, it's violent and explosive. And the lost metal lets us see the the biggest violent and explosive result of that. Which reminds me of matter and antimatter. I uh, feel like the lost metal was trying to give us like a uh, they accidentally developed nukes kind of deal, but yeah, sure. N nuclear is Newton. I'm saying that wrong. Whatever. Yes, uh, you is are. splitting <laughs> atoms, which which is very because it gives off a lot of energy. But matter and antimatter is like the most energy when, yep. when they interact with each other. So I don't I don't know which one it's similar. It's it's a lot of energy, guys. Regardless of, of what we're talking about here. There's a lot of energy given off, but it it sounds like it's more similar to me as that kind of interaction compared to uh, well, nuclear. There, there definitely isn't like a radiation side effect going on. So that's that mm, is definitely true, more true. in the ant although doesn't antimatter matter interactions also give off like I don't think it gives off radiation, so but doesn't, I feel like it should. Why? They just annihilate each other. There's nothing left over. Still feel like it should. Okay. Uh, I think the reason that things are radioactive after a big explosion like that is just because of the the atoms, uh, the radioactive matter that's left over. Just, that's what you it's need. A, and it's, 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 it's all over the place. For me, it's a gut instinct, which is what all, all good science is based off of. It's got to start somewhere. Um, so does is, is that answer your question, Mike? Is that what you wanted from me? Well, yeah, but I wanted you to tell it to Dave oh. is, is the thing. Well, if we figure out another opening, then maybe I can figure out how to re rephrase this. Because, you know, as established, I've heard this a bunch of times. Tori's heard this a bunch of times. The listeners who have made it to spoiler time have heard it a bunch of times. Dave hasn't heard it a bunch of times yet. 
I think it's a little more clear now, though. I I know more thanks to things like the Lost Battle and, of course, reading the rest of this book. So yeah, uh, I do have um, one thing highlighted in Chapter Forty, which is from the sibling that says, "Long ago, before I banished men from these halls, my last bondsmith made me something." A method of protecting me from the dangers I saw men. He thought it would help me trust again. It did not. But it might help the fuse from corrupting me further. So just to keep in mind, the last Bondsmith is Malishi. We've seen it's involved in the... He's involved in the false desolation. Um, but at that point, Malishi's trying to get the sibling to trust again. So this might be after the recreants. There's some timeline things going on here. That's why I highlighted this. Because I'm like, is this after... What happened, one, what happened with the false desolation and how to correct that would be Ada Mistrum being captured. More likely, that would be a good response to that because Bay Ada Mistrum was thrown in a in a um, perfect gem and I'm sure the sibling didn't like that. Uh, we also have what happened with the recreants. Is this after that? That it's like Malicia's like, I need to get you to trust again, so I'll make you this big defensive shield thing. I don't know. The, the <laughs> timeline is forever fuzzy. Dude, I just want, I want a prequel for, what is it? A uh, flashback, that's the word. A flashback of the False Desolation and the Recreants. I want a book of that we so I know what the heck happened. What we need is a Cosmere Historia uh, done in the style of the Hyrule Historia, which gives a timeline for all the Zelda games that is dumb and doesn't make sense. Yes, we need that. Yeah, definitely. So, like, Mistborn splits the timeline into three. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. And, no, like, Mistborn Era 1 splits the timeline into three. Oh, okay. And so, Thanks, yeah, in, in one, Vin keeps Preservation's power forever and gets, gets locked into a stalemate with Ruin. And in another one, Vin and Ruin kill each other, but the shards are shattered. And then in the third one, Sazed takes up Preservation and Ruin and becomes Harmony. So which timeline are we in now, Mike? There's no way to know, Craig. <laughs> Be- because the epigraphs, the letters, those could come from any timeline. So like we could be getting other timeline letters as our epigraphs when we're in a different one. And then it turns out that we were before the the splitting anyway, and it just happened to be a prequel. And and then Stormlight would be like Breath of the Wild, which is supposed to be the sequel to all of the timelines. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know why Zelda decided that everything had to be on the same timeline. It was working just fine with each of them being their own thing. So I, I thought it's because some fans got together like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if there are all these different, it's the same story, but retold in different ways. But oh, Ocarina of Time just completely messed with it. But still, we'll work with it. It's fun. And and the weird thing is that every now and then in a game, they have weird hints that there's a previous game involved. Like it's 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 not necessarily the fan's fault because Nintendo sort of went with it. Okay, every Zelda game has, uh, or at least the ones that are new enough to actually have like dialogue beyond Link shouting "hip hop ha." Um, <laughs> They they have, like, established legends that Link is just the newest version of. But even then, like, that's that's true across the board, again, for those games that are that are new enough to, like, actually have anything like that. Like, the, the NES Zelda games, they don't have that. So... That doesn't matter. 
they sort of made okay zelda one exists zelda two they purposely said takes place farther in the future because they're like this is the same zelda but this is a different like they that is in the book sure and, and then a link to the past link, link to, to the, the past, past is like, like oh this is this is one of the first iterations right. of link right like this takes place in the past so they were doing this on purpose in the very beginning they're like this is going to be the same world it has the the same type of of races and character uh and always the same ganon and those can those could have just been those three games could have just been their own thing and then ocarina of time and majora's mask could have been its own thing skyward sword could have been its own thing etc like we didn't need to tie it all in why are we talking why are we on zelda <laughs> I don't know. I this don't know. I'm fault. just enjoying it. I, I like to, Tori sitting there, like, go on. This is yes, this is good. This, this is my fault, but we're we're on this. Welcome so, uh, to the Zelda deep dive podcast. <laughs> I mean, we could do that for patron stuff. I, we're all yeah. invested enough in Zelda. We could talk Zelda. I mean, you know, for sequelitis, uh, not sequelitis, the uh, superior sequels. That's such a that's a better. We should no. With that. We that's can't a better use name. that. Ego Raptor has used that. Okay. That's why I like I said because my brain was like, oh, sequelitis. We can't use that. Superior okay. sequels is our thing. Anyway, All right, we well can talk about Link to the Past is better than the first two Zelda games. I can talk Who, about whoever that. Ego Raptor is. Uh, we're gonna leave game your Grumps. better name alone. It's the Game Grumps guy. Okay, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Whatever. We're gonna leave your better name alone and keep our worst name. So don't sue us, please. I think it's Superior. Superior sequelitis. Ooh. No. no, still, it's no. too late. It's too late. We've come too far to turn back now. Yes. Why, why don't we Ugh. let our listeners go? They've listened yeah. to us go Wait, off on the table. I have a thing. Actually, okay. I have two things. Oh, What's okay. Uh, back on track. First off, uh, from this week's chapters, uh, Smart Mike from yesterday when I was awake and not this morning when I'm not, uh, had a revelation while reading the chapters, which is that Envoy Form uh, has two major things going on. The first is some minor connection stuff to allow them to cheat at language. Uh, but the the other one, and the bigger one, is innate understanding of intent. It's the only way that the wave of a finger can be translated into go get me more wine. So so they it can understand a intent that's given by a person, right. sentient well, thing. I, I think that with a little practice, it can be reading any intent. So, like, if they get... If they get to interact with an awakening, they will they will immediately mm-hmm. get the intent and the command of what was used to awaken that. I'm not convinced so, they'll get the command because command is separate from the intent, but uh, I could definitely see the intent. Well, the intent fuels the command. Like the command is just the intent put into words, but you still have to have the intent. Like the intent is the big part of the bigger part of that. The it command is, is just but... is just translating that into a couple of words. You know, this actually does remind me a little bit of Awakening as well, uh, given when you have a lot of breaths, you also get that innate understanding of intent. Like, the, it's 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 not, okay, you don't really get the understanding of intent, but you get the free command, because right. when you have you, so many breaths, you don't need to know the command. Your, your intent can be sloppier, and you'll still know, like, the exact command words to use in the most efficient way possible, right? I think that's different than what I said, but sort of. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> but but that does remind me of something similar. But it. So, if Venli, while still having her Void's friend trapped in her gem heart, can meet up with Zeth and take a look at Nightblood 
we get to learn a lot about Nightblood from that. Ooh. It's actual intent that was behind the Destroy Evil. I like it. Yeah. Although... Or, or if Envoy Form Venley gets to meet up with, uh, with Don Shard Risen, then we get a lot of fun stuff from that, too. Well, the problem with that is a Dawn Shard is a command, and it's only a command. The shards are the intent, and the Dawn Shards are the commands. I don't think there's an intent involved in the Dawn Shard itself. And it's based on the wielder of the Dawn Shards to, to use. And at this point, Risen is the Dawn Shard. She's not wielding the Dawn Shard. Okay. Uh, so that was that was smart Mike from yesterday instead of dumb, sleepy Mike from this morning. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is... So, as established with the Lost Metal, I read the epilogues first because I'm a maniac. Uh, and based on that, I... Like, the wording of Wax's leg injury in in the epilogues made me think that he actually lost the leg. Like, at no point do they talk about him, like, limping or using the leg, or even the leg being there, just that he hurt it. I thought he lost the leg, only to find out that he just got blasted out of a boat and broke the leg hitting the water. Yes. I don't know that I have anything interesting on this. I just thought, <laughs> going through the whole book, that he was going to lose his leg. Like, when's it going to happen? I want to I wanna see this lost leg. And now that, like, once that was in my head, I'm actually a little disappointed. I think it would have been more interesting for him to actually lose a leg. But you also knew very much that Wayne was dead. Yes. What, what did and you Wayne think of that? Wayne died in, and I quote, the biggest damn explosion ever caused by a person. <laughs> I'll be honest, when I, you know, was first reading it, like the first couple of chapters, I knew they were setting up, Brandon was setting up for Wayne's death. I'm like, you get his little, you know, prequel story, which is great, except for, of course, the very, very end of that chapter. And then talking about Wayne not thinking he's the hero and all this other stuff. And I'm like, he's going to die. Like, it's oh, yeah. just very clear that he's going to be dead by the end of this book. I mean, it's the last book in the era, so, like, every character is going to be dead, except maybe Marsh, maybe Sazed, maybe Tensoon. Well, yeah, Mar Marsh has gotten an extension to his ATM. They, they have a way to generate it. Kelsey, of course, Which, doesn't die. Uh, with Marsh, Marsh and the ATM was only established as being a problem in this book. Like, at no point in the previous Era 2 books did was that even hinted at as being, like, a thing that he still needed to worry about. I mean, it was a finite resource. They were just emphasizing that this is now a problem. Yeah. Um, and then we also have a way to generate Laracium. And we also have Sazed lying to Kelsier and Kelsier not catching it. I don't know. I'm not convinced Kelsier missed it. I, because says is like, when have I ever lied to you? And Kelsier should be like, how about the very first time that I <laughs> talked to you as a cognitive shadow? Because I, 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 I'm not convinced Kelsier missed it. It, it, it read to me like he missed it, but you might be right. Um, oh, Craig, Craig's waving someone over. Hold on. Is there going to be a baby on the camera? I want to see a baby on the camera. <laughs> I want to see a baby with four stuffed animals on the camera. Oh, good. That's what you're going to get. Oh. Yay. Four stuffed animals, each of which is the size of the baby. Ah, here she is. I see her. Hi, Ada. Hi. There. Look, Hi, do you baby. see all of the stuffed animals? Yes, so there's many. so many. She's ready for nap time. Hi. Ready to go to can nap? you wave back? Do you see yourself? Bye. Look, they're saying hi. Do you see? Can you wave? Yeah, no. we got to wave. <laughs> hi. Okay, bye, Ada. Okay, have a good nap. We also should go and take no, no, naps. No, 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 you're going for that. That sounds great. All right. We've ended. We're we're done. 
Okay. The episode is over. Good night, internet. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. And we... This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thank you.